Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapping on Racing. Oh, say does that star-spangled Hello and welcome once again to Rappin' on Racing, March 21, 2023. We have a real nice uh, show planned for today. Uh, first guest is Pro Stock Driver Super Joe Kelly. Following him, Tyler Harris has some great interviews with Rush Late Model Driver Frank McGill, Pro Stock Driver Tony McGill, and Young Guns Driver Abby Gindelsberger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is the Banker Bob Thought for this evening. Sometimes when I hear people talking, I wonder how they can possibly walk around carrying all the weight of the things they think they know. Hey, this is Joey Logano, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. But with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. All right, listeners, joining us now, one of the most successful local racers in the tri-state area, Joe Kelly. Joe, good evening. How are you? Good, Don. How are you doing? Good. You know, I've been watching your race. I guess the first time I saw your race was in the Enduros at Lernerville. Uh, was that your first uh, venture into racing? Well, actually, we, went to, we started out at Motor Drone because it was closer. Then we ventured up to Lernerville, and I kind of make like i made like a little career out of it i guess yeah um, for a little while then, uh, then eventually moved up you know ran my enduro car at marion center with with their pure stocks and and just ventured from there how many years did you do the enduros i believe i did that probably around four years yeah well you'll like this uh 
this story. When I was a pit steward at Lernerville, uh, one night we had 200 cars for the Enduro. And Don, Don Martin was panicked. He said, what are we going to do? We can't run 200 cars. I said, that's real easy. We're going to have two Enduros, 100 cars in each one. He said, oh, thank you, thank you. And it just seemed like the logical thing to do. But uh, that was that was pretty pretty popular for a lot of years. And then I guess uh, we ran out of cars or ran out of steam or a lot of guys like yourself moved up into the other classes. But it was a an excellent way uh, to get guys involved in racing. It was. It was It was pretty inexpensive, just basically get a car from the junkyard and that's what it was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. And, you know, when we first started racing, you didn't have to have a roll bar. Then, you know, safety started coming involved and so forth. But like you were saying, when they had 200 cars, they, they probably had 180 some one night and they yeah. ran 200 laps. And then when they went to what you said, the, 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 the two, I guess you would call them features, they, they cut them down to 125. They, they made two 125 yeah. lap races. Yeah. Now, before that, did how did what made you interested in racing? Family, friends? Uh, what was your first uh, thought when you said, you know, I, I want to do this. I think this looks like fun. Well, you know, like any kid, uh, that's what I want to do. My, my dad took me to Schmuckers. We didn't live that far away. And, um, my dad grew up with a guy named Jim Kell. I don't know if you remember him or not. I remember. He had that beautiful Ford Torino. Yes, he did have a Torino. I think uh, Gary Ballou might have been involved with that car. I don't yeah. know how he got hooked up with him. But that was my dad's childhood buddy, and they ran around together from Delmont area. Mm-hmm. And so my dad would go. He also knew Franny Gower because yeah. he went to school with Franny. My dad... He always tells me a story, and I keep forgetting it. My dad took machine shop, and Franny took something else. I can't remember what it was, but he tells me a story about once a year. I, I think I'd have it memorized by now, but <laughs> I don't. But he liked, he liked going and watching Franny. And Jim Kell, you know, not, he was there. You know, I, had, I supported him a lot just because I knew him personally. And uh, that, that's, that's how I actually got involved in going and then you know that's something you always want to do now did you ever work on cal's car no i was a little shit at the time i was, <laughs> I was only about 13 or yeah. something i got to i got to sit in it a couple of times yeah that was a beautiful car oh yeah, my boy. yeah actually uh i was uh in the t-shirt business uh, at that time and i printed shirts for jim uh, number 73, Cal Racing. But that, uh, that was a couple of years ago. Okay. Now, <laughs> yeah. You're currently probably one of the most successful pure stock drivers around. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself here. How did you pick your number? Oh, um, I originally was 26. Okay. And then the reason I was 26 was I went to Enduro at Lernerville, and you, you're starting position was your card number well one night i picked 26 yeah. well the following i left the number on the car and the following weekend i went to marion center and raced in their pure stock class or their hobby stock class whatever whatever it was called at the time yeah. so i left it on and i just i just went with it and then um as as racing goes on you need more stuff <laughs> like to go faster and um 
66 auto supply got me some parts and then uh it just came about if i changed my number the 66 auto supply would wipe out my bill good so that plan. was a no-brainer yeah <laughs> it was a no-brainer there and then yeah. he's been with me ever since Great guy, great guy. Yes. Fans, we're talking to Super Joe Kelly, the driver of number 66. Um, When I lived in the area, I used to pass that place there, and I'd always think to myself, that's one of the reasons Joe's pretty successful. Now, was it him or him and his wife? or Give me uh, the background on that deal. Well, actually, um, I built a car for my cousin Barry, Um, and Terry was good friends with Barry because Barry had an auto service and he bought right. a lot of parts off of Terry. Yeah. Well, Terry was closer to Barry than to me, but he was helping me out at the time. Yeah. And But as far as financially, but <laughs> he'd go up and help Barry on his race car. He'd paint it, he'd crawl inside, he'd paint the, the roll cage and whatever yeah. it was. He was yeah. like the detail guy. Yeah. And that that's how that come about. I just, um, I got Barry was racing, and then we just, you know, of course we hung out together at the races and so forth. And as a matter of fact, I, I think, did you drive Barry's car? I did. Time? Yeah, I drove. <clears throat> excuse me, I drove it in one of the senior series races, and uh, I think his wife was teasing him. She said, "You ought to let him drive it all the time." But uh, we had a pretty good run. I, I think we finished second or third. Nice car, nice guy. And uh, I used to buy my gas there when I lived in Delmont. Just uh, he lived right behind the shop. Yeah. Now he still has that car. What's the story? You know what? It sits there. <laughs> It sits outside covered up. Yeah. It just, and uh, he got married, I believe he got married in like 1996. Yeah. And that's how long that car has been sitting there. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I always enjoyed talking to him. And any service that I got there was always good service. Price was right. There was no, uh, you know, like if, if he the car was in there for inspection or whatever, if something wasn't right, he'd call and say, Don, uh, the Wiffle Waffle needs looked at. I said, hey, use your judgment and go ahead and fix it. So a lot of good memories and a, a lot of good times uh, dealing with him. Now, <clears throat> your schedule for many, many years, you raced a couple of nights a week, and you won a ton of races. That's how you got the nickname, Super Joe Kelly. Now, was it Carnahan gave you that name, or was it Westendorf? Who who gave you that nickname? You know who it was? It was actually Randy May from Challenger. That's right, Randy, the guy with the million-dollar smile. Yeah, yeah, and the big mustache. Yeah, Randy was a great guy. Funny, you know, some of the, some of the things that he would say. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, – I know you don't keep track, but if – if you're if Marcy or, or one of your friends was keeping track, any idea how many feature wins you have? Yeah, we, we actually got it marked down in the garage. We, we, when we got around a hundred and we we started like really keeping track, but yeah. we were just going from year to year. Why well, won this many this year? This many that year? Yeah. But but we got up to actually we got up to. 
176, and boy, did it slow down in the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> guesstimate was going to be 200 wins, so I was pretty close, and <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. And we'll, we'll, a little bit later, we're going to get into your pit crew and some of the characters that worked with you there. Um, now, you you say in your shop, how big of a race shop do you have? It's small. Yeah. <laughs> it's small. It's, uh, it's only 32, 16 by 32. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's apparently it's good enough to uh, get uh, get the job done. Now we we talked about uh, your enduro and stuff like that. Now you and uh, Marcy have been married for about twenty eight years. One of the prettiest women in racing. Uh, did you, you were you racing before you met her? Um, good question. Um, I, I, yeah, yes. I was. I mean, just just started dabbling. Yeah. Um, what I used to do is um, street race a little bit, and then we'd go to drag strip on the weekend, but but nothing like what you see on TV. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, it was just your Camaros and Chevelles yeah. getting together. This yeah. is this is back in the late seventies, early eighties. Not like street outlaws, so we could figure maybe eh, thirty plus years in racing. <laughs> and uh, after the break, when we come back, I want to talk about what you're doing at the present time, fans. If you're uh, just joining us, we're talking to Joe Kelly. We're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be back after these messages. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. All right, listeners, we're, we're back. We're talking to Joe Kelly, the driver of the number 66 Pro Stock. Uh, you were talking before we uh, came on here about maybe adjusting your schedule, cutting back a little bit. Can we pick it up from there? Yeah, we can. Um, actually, I cut back a little last year. I, I went to Lernerville twice, and I don't know how many times I went to Lake Trobe. I think Anthony Monaparte drove my car just as much as I did last year at Lake Trobe. I let him cuddle around with it a little bit but um i got one win last year um i guess that you know that makes makes you feel good when you can win of course but it's just slowing down I and mean, i never thought i'd say this when you get older you, you do slow down well it's normal and you, you get smarter as you get older you know you mentioned anthony and we'll we'll get into the pit crew about uh his dad and what a big part of uh, the team he has been for so many years with you uh, with, pool, with Tool and 
we've talked about that, but that's always a good story, so we can do that again. Now, the best part of racing has to be friendships, like with uh, Tool and Anthony and, and some of the other guys that you're involved with in racing. Yes, yes it is. Um, I've got to be real good friends with John Gilmore. He used to assemble my motors. When I raced two cars, I kept the E-Mod down his place. He's just an all-around good guy, and he has a big shop, and it has a heated floor. <laughs> That's awesome in the wintertime. Yeah, for sure. Now, and, you mentioned and, the E-Mods, and I didn't get into that. I forgot about that. There was a time you were doing E-Mods and Pro Stocks. Yeah, you know what? I don't know what I was eating or drinking back then, but <laughs> we raced we raced three nights a week, with two. and we raced with with um, how do I want to say this? I raced three nights a week. Friday night was just the one car. Challenger was the two cars, and then we went to Latrobe on Sunday with two cars. So we we were pretty busy. You know, each track is different, different animal. Yeah. Each, each track takes a different gear and, and so forth. And, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't know how we did it. You know, Toll was a big help and back then. And in addition to that, holding down a full-time job, I believe you're a welder. Is that correct? I work in a, I work in a fab shop, yeah. We, yeah. I, make, I make stairs and railing and yeah. so forth. Cool. Um now, this is a silly question, but I like the answers I get when I talk to guys. With the exception of yourself and maybe Anthony, who's sort of like family, do you have a favorite driver? <laughs> In my division or any division? Any, any division. You know what? I've got a lot of favorite drivers well, because, um, I, you know, I, I knew Pee Wee Flick, so how can you not like A.J. Flick? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I knew Mark Flick, you know, uh, Alan Dillinger. Yeah. How can you not like Alan Dillinger? Yeah. And Jim, a.k.a. Jim Dandy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and of course, Chris Snyder builds them cars. That, that's his life. That's, you know, that's oh, what yeah. he does. Yeah. Everything is cars, and uh, he does very well. I um, have. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, mean, I shouldn't say I'm like that, huh? <laughs> but, <laughs> so that being, anyone that raced in my division and, and moved up, you, you, you got to, like, cheer for them. Yeah. But I just said, I, I don't know if I really have a favorite driver, but I just, yeah. I, pr I appreciate basically all, anyone that wants, you know, wants to spend their money and time racing, I could you not appreciate a person like that. We're talking to Joe Kelly, the driver of Pro Stock number 66. You mentioned Jim Dandy, and I have a really funny story. There was a time when he was running uh, Plymouth Chrysler products, and he was winning everything everywhere. And we were going to have a special race at Lernerville, and I was a pit steward. And I suspected maybe he was on the shady side of the rules. So I brought Jack Syak up. Uh, God bless Jack. He's uh, passed away. But he was a tech inspector at Pittsburgh, but he used to drag race Chrysler products. I said, I need you up there to check some cars after this race. And sure enough, uh, Alan won the race. And I said, I need the top three cars behind a pit grandstand. Hoods up. We're going to check the cars. So I, I figured the other two cars were fine. But uh, Jack comes over and he looks under the hood and he said, 
that's a problem. That's the wrong. <laughs> and I think Alan's figuring, who's going to check a Chrysler? I mean, who would know anything about it? He said, that's a wrong, that's a wrong intake manifold. Those heads don't match that engine. And Alan's mouth dropped wide open. His eyes got real big. And he said, well, that's uh, according to the rule book. Now, this was in the 90s. Or, or according to the parts uh, manual, it, it's it's all legal. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Xerox the pages where it says all this stuff's legal and bring it up here and we'll send you a check. And that was 20-some years ago. <laughs> Never got the Xerox. I mean, he was just, he was blowing them out of the water with what he had. But good one night at, at Challenger, you may have been there, he won one of those big races and uh, – all the big teams were there, all the monies, all the big money motors. And I'm interviewing them, and I said, uh, what's the story here? I mean, you blew these guys away. Where, where do you get your motors? He said, oh, me and Daryl, we, we put it together on the workbench. And he said, I don't know how we won. We had the back tire switched. We had the wrong tires. The right was on the left, and the left was on the right. And he <laughs> had such a dry sense of humor, but he won the race. Yeah, always enjoyed watching him. Um, Goodwill man. Now, who would you say in your races was your toughest competitor? Toughest competitor? Um, wow. Probably a bunch seems of like, them. Seems like they all are now. Yeah. Well, let, let's go back when you were winning every week. Uh, who, who was the toughest? You know, um... Bocek was there. Yep. Chris Snyder was there. He was just starting out then. He was just a young young pup. Yeah. He still is young, according, uh, yeah. according to me. But um, there was, I'm trying to think now. Well, we'll go with those. Those are two good ones. Yeah, there's see, that's my old age kicking in, Don. Well, now that you're kind of winding down, if you couldn't or don't go racing, uh, what are you going to do? Are you a hunter, a fisherman, or are you just a golfer, a pool shooter? What uh, What would you do with all your time? Um, wow. Something Probably th- just go to the race. I don't hunt. Yeah. I don't fish. I don't golf. So I'm pretty boring. You know, all them years when I when I raced three, three nights a week, you know, there was no time for, to get involved with anything like that, and I just never, never picked it up. Never. Now, toll, he'll, he'll hunt, he'll hunt yeah. all year long if you let him. Yeah, yeah. I have a picture with him and his wife on the Facebook page where they went hunting together, and I said, "You better." Be on your good behavior if your wife's with you and she has a gun. <laughs> and he laughed. So no time for hobbies. And, and She did get a bear. Yeah, that's right. He told me that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. First time bear hunting, she got a bear. It was when, I, when they were first getting together and she told me she was going to be his girlfriend. I said, God bless you. And I guess... She reminds him of that on a regular basis. I remember Don Gamble telling me, God bless, God bless me. She's really nice. But she grew up in racing. Her dad was a racer. She, she would understand all the crazy things that racers do. Um, yeah, right. she does. That was, that was her, her family's life there. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Joe and I are going to need to take another break. We're talking to Super Joe Kelly, and we'll be back after these messages. All right, fans, we're back, and we're talking to Joe Kelly, the driver of the number 66 uh, championships. Uh, Now, I know one year at Schmuckers, you were way ahead in the points, and they shut the place down. So that could be a half a championship. But other than that, what do you, did you have seven? How many did you have at Lernerville? Seven championships? Yeah, seven at, seven at Lernerville. I have a total of 15 altogether. That's, a, that's amazing, an amazing number of, of wins. Now, let's unless get... You, unless, you, unless you count that one. You called it Schmuckers. I, I got to call it Latrobe. Okay. But, but I don't know. My, I don't count it. Um, a couple of people... Say I should count it, but I don't know what do you think, Don? Well, if you got 15 and you don't count it, that's a pretty impressive resume. So we'll just let that slide. Now, pit I guess crew. If I, had, if I had zero, I would say I had one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So many guys would love to have your statistics and your resume. Now, the pit crew and the guy that comes to mind, probably one of the most interesting, is Tool. And we mentioned it when he was on, but uh, we get different listeners all the time. And I'd like you to explain how he got the nickname Tool. Well, at John Gilmore's, there's too many Johns. So we had to identify one. And John Gilmore wasn't giving up his name. So yeah. we, got, we got Tool for, for Tool. Yeah. That's how kind of corny, but that <laughs> I think it's wonderful. You know, corny things happen all the time, but I guess it fits. I don't know. <laughs> well, I had some crazy nicknames racing, and I won't go into some of the silly ones. When I was in college uh, at the frat house, nobody ever wanted to pay the bills, you know, pay the light bill, the electric bill, whatever. So I started a phone bill. I started doing that. And my nickname in college was Mother Goose because I was <laughs> the only one who yeah, would, would be. Yeah, pay the bills. But then we evolved. And when I was with Hazley, Ronnie Hazley, they, they called the car the headhunter. So that was a little better than Mother Goose. All right. Other yeah, than how long was Tool with you? Ooh, uh, a long time, a long time. Uh, wow. Well, uh, a very long time. That's... I appreciate all the years that he's helped me, but uh, it's it's slowed down with him coming here now. Yeah. They Anthony got his program going, right. and they're hot and heavy with that, and that's fine because um, that's family. I slowed down. Family, yeah. Yeah, family, well, and it's just, he's young, Anthony's a young buck, you know, he, yeah. he want to, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I can for him, I like to, I like Good. watching him race. Who else besides Tool helped you on the car? Well, I got my neighbor kids, uh, they're Jason, Callie, Barkovovich, I think I'm saying that right, Yeah, they're, they're, they're kids, they're kind of like, you know, you ever see that movie Kenny Rogers with Six yeah. Pack? Yeah, but this is my this is my two pack. Two pack, yeah. yeah, two pack. They're I think they're twelve and thirteen now. Yeah, years old, but they're good. They 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 know how to run everything. They can run the wench, the binders, the, the ramps. You know, don't mind washing the car. So that's pretty cool. Anyone anyone wants to pitch in like that. 
good help is hard to find, even tougher now than it was when you started. You know, there was so many people uh, starting out really young. Well, uh, when Michael Norris started out, his whole crew was 16 years old. They were all still in school. And the last time I last time I uh, uh, spoke to him, he said they're getting older, they're getting married, they got different jobs. So, you know, it's not like being 16 and still being in high school. How about sponsors? Now, you mentioned 66 Auto Parts, been with you for a long time. Were there any, like, uh, associate sponsors that uh, helped you out? Well, A1 Machine's been around for a long time. They've, they've always done the machine work on my motor. Gilmore, John Gilmore used to assemble it, but A1 and, and John Gilmore's like, they're like, I don't really want to call that peas and carrots. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Joe, Joe, Joe Zioli from A1. Yeah. On this motor I have now, he assembles it at John Gilmore's. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're all involved. Yeah. And, of course, this Dino from, from Lake Trobe, he's been helping me out a lot. His name's Dean Pollock. Okay. And I, I want to thank, I want to thank Mike Blazovich. He does the, the decals on my car or wrap, yes. however you want to say that. Yeah, yeah. But um, he puts it up with me because I'm kind of fussy. I want this color here. I want that color there. And. And a lot of people didn't want to letter my cars because of my weirdness on colors and what I want. Well, that's the reason why your cars always look so good. I mean, you mentioned uh, the lettering and the wraps. I mean, that's uh, that's a art now. And with all the uh, technology and scanners and stuff like that, uh, it's it's nice to have what you want and have it look good and and they all look good i i don't think i've ever uh, ever seen your cars where they weren't pristine and in perfect shape you know the the wraps are pretty tricky many years ago my daughter carrie was working at ganassi and they were having a fan fest function or something and one of the things was we would push the cars out for the fans to see and i'm pushing out this red car and I said, what happened to the white car? I said, that's the white car. They rewrapped it last night. And, and I had no idea. I thought it was a different car. <laughs> this changed it all. But, but as far as, I'm going to get back to, to like my people that helped me and so forth. Um, when I'm at the races, you know, I pit beside Anthony. And whoever with him will help pitch in and help me and so forth. But it's just a little, you know, like a little circle there a little family yeah. circle so there's never lack of lack of help at the races you know and and racers will help other racers even if they're competing against them you know i've, I've told a story a lot of times people are tired of listening to it but uh, david scott and uh, jones dro drove the uh, 15 car uh, what was his first name nick jones nick jones okay they're in a heat race and they're battling and they tangled and uh, jones's car had some front end damage so as soon as they pulled in uh, scott's crew come over to help fix it they were battling for the point lead and um, nick jones won the championship because of the help that scott did i mean that's the racers are great people. Some of the great, greatest people in the world are racers. Yes, they are. Well, they give um, you the shirt off their back. They would, yeah. 
We're talking to Super Joe Kelly, and we're coming to, uh, we're winding things down here. Any closing thoughts? Oh, uh, I'd like to thank my, my wife, Marcy, for all the years she's put up with me. And all the people that's helped me through the years, sponsors, uh, crew, whatever, whoever, you know, came came to my aid when needed. But, you know, I'd like to thank everyone. A racer's wife is a special person. I mean, it just it takes a certain kind of woman to put up with all the aggravation that racers have to offer. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one night at the races, I asked you, where's Marcy? And she said, she's working. So she's working to help bring in money for your race car. I mean, geez, is that, is that a correct story? That, that's a correct story. She actually worked at Levin Furniture part-time in the evenings. For, yeah. I think it was 10 years she worked there. Yeah. That's why I said mama, mama's buck on the back of the car. Yeah. So let me see if I get this right. Okay. Marcy puts up with all your nonsense. She's drop dead gorgeous. And she was working to make extra money for you to race. You got to be the luckiest, luckiest <laughs> man in racing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I've been reminded of it a couple of times. And justifiably so. Well, Joe, that's okay. She's, she's a good woman. I want to thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Excellent career, excellent interview. And if I had a nickel for all the times I was cheering for you at the races, I'd have a big bag of nickels. So I thank you, <laughs> and I appreciate it. Don, uh, I'd like to thank you for having me on your, on your program here. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Okay. Good deal. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. 
By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Joining me here are Frank McGill, Tony McGill and Abby Gindelsberger. Thanks for stopping on by. Thanks for well, thanks for being here. Thanks for hosting us. So a lot of changes here with the McGills. Um, a lot of things have been going on, a lot of differences, and we're really excited about it. So I guess we'll start furthest away and work closest. So uh, Frank McGill, uh, what an interesting year for you last year. Uh, talk us through everything with last season with you. It was it was a pretty big learning curve for you, and there was a lot of changes and a lot of a lot of different looks between that 05 car. Yeah, we went from double dutying the hobby stock and the pro stock, and then at the end of the year there we picked up a crate and started in on that. But we had a pretty good year in the hobby stocks. We uh, we got a couple wins uh, throughout the season. Ended up bringing home the championship. It was a tight battle for the win, but. It was all worth it in the end. We uh, had a lot of fun and just went off and got a good amount of wins and went where we wanted to be with it and just kept on going. So the interesting, it, it, you started again the, initially whenever we were talking, I think last season or off season last year going into the season, we pretty much had decided or, or were under the impression that the hobby stock wasn't even going to hit the track. It was really just going to be fully focused on the pro stock, maybe hit some of the big races, but uh, really that, that it led into something completely different and a championship in the hobby stock division. So uh, going from not expecting you to race full time to, oh, not only is he racing, he's competing for championship so um and, and really we didn't see you a, a whole lot in that pro stock i mean a good bit but not as much as we had expected so what was the reason behind that change from we the just, initial start uh we, the pro stock it needed some updates and some work to it for uh freshened up and just to be a better car and be competitive out there so we went back we ended up having a good start off of the year in the hobby stocks and we decided just to stick with it and go for another championship get that back-to-back uh two-time championship in there so went for it and it ended up working out in our favor and all of a sudden one day you show up with a red rush late model out of nowhere and uh, kind of shocked everybody so uh what was the decision to jump into the rush late models for you uh so we we decided we were looking at the price in between like the pro stocks and the late model and in the end of the day we figured we could get more we could travel more with the late model with the rush series and stuff so we ended up going with that and uh I ran it that couple races at the end of the year, and I it just I felt so comfortable in that car, and it just I'm so happy we got the late model over in pro stock. It's it's a big jump, but it's a it's, a, it's a, uh, kind of hard to explain, but it's like a, a nice like it's harder to drive, but it's easier at the same time because there's more technology to it. So yeah, 
I can understand that. And and I think it was so cool. You bought that car from a gentleman in, in New York, right? Yeah, Chris Fleming out of New York. And and, I, and you pretty much jumped in the car and you didn't even have to change a seat. No, yeah, we were about the same size. He uh, he was telling us about the seat and usually when we got buy cars, we don't buy them for the seat. And he was like, we got, I got this $2,000 14-inch seat. And my dad was like, oh, it's a 14-inch. You might fit that one. So we uh, sat in it and it fit me pretty good. So we ended up just hopping in it and went out there with what he was running and it actually didn't feel bad for me. So. Yeah. So, uh, any wins in the pro stock last year? I don't think there was. No. Yeah. No. But, and that, but what was really impressive was in the rush late model, you, you picked up some sort of a victory there. Yeah, Why don't you go ahead? Qualifier victory. Yeah. First, let's let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. It was, uh, actually, it was pretty, pretty impressive for me. I, I, I went out there and, uh, I, I didn't really know much about them. We were still learning the car. We didn't really know much. We were just, going off what people were telling us and uh, I was actually upset because I, I was trying to make the show for that race but uh, I broke something we ended up not being able to make it so then I, I was like I'm not even going to run this uh, non-qualifier race like I don't want to be the fastest loser and then I went out and then everybody's like you just got to go out there just go out there and then I ended up going out there and I brought home the win in it but it, it felt really good just to be able to get comfortable in a car. Yeah, because it, it, it's that seat time. Yeah. You, you want that seat time, and yeah, you don't want to be the fastest loser, but uh, I think it paid off for you because not only that, that was for a rush That was for a rush touring series event, and yeah. I want to say it was night one of the Bill Hendren. It was, it was the yeah. first night of the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, we lost yeah. the Pittsburgher due to a hurricane, go figure. <laughs> but uh, in, in that, that night, that, that before the races started, you had a belt problem, and yeah. you were having a problem finding a belt. Yeah. And and uh, somebody helped bail you out. Yeah, so uh, I forget what Logan, Robert. Logan Robertson had a belt for me. He gave me. Let me. I I ran around asking everywhere yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. We were we were gonna, we broke it on the way out of the garage, loading into the trailer, and we were like, oh, like what, what are we gonna do? Like I don't have one later on. I went to Brockers and I asked Jerry if he had one. He had one that was close, but it was a little big. And we were gonna try it, but then uh, we went to the track and just hoped somebody had one. Somebody ended up having one. We ended up running with it. Yeah, and you're in good company with Logan Robertson. Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of kind of a big name now, yeah. running with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. So, uh, one of those good Southern guys that'll help anybody out. And, and, and you know, it just pretty much said, hey, you know, it'll, it'll pay back. It'll pay back sometime. So, uh, really nice guy. So, I mean, because of that, you guys were able to run and and why I bring up Logan Robertson, he was one of the fastest ones of the weekend that weekend, but your lap times in that non-qualifier race were very impressive. They were right there mid-pack with the people in the feature event. Yeah. So your first couple times in a race car, in that race car in particular, your lap times are consistent with just about everybody in the field, so uh, not much of a learning curve on your end. Yeah, I felt pretty, I felt really comfortable when I got in that car, so we're just going to go off of that, and we got, got some new, new uh, suspension suspension parts and some new updated stuff for this car we're gonna go out there and see what we can do with it this year the offseason is here but racing will return before you know it pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway has been hard at work setting the foundation for the 2023 racing season our schedule is now available and it is full of many reasons to visit dirt's monster half mile this season it all kicks off on saturday april 29th with our season opener and continues each saturday night through the month of september major events include the highly anticipated lucas oil late model dirt series pittsburgher the herb scott memorial the juke george steel city classic the two-night bill hendred memorial the ed laboon memorial the josh lang 
Wanger Hobby Stock Invitational, the Sport Compact Shootout, and more. Our action event divisions return to stack each Saturday night with heart-pumping adrenaline, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, Open 4 Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Plus, appearances from 410 Wing Sprint Cars, Boss Wingless Sprint Cars, Rush Sportsman Modifieds, Rush Sprint Cars, and Thunder on the Dirt's Vintage Modifieds. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and purchase tickets now at ppms.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Tony, no feature wins for you last year, though. You guys were mixing it up in the point standings. You just mentioned a little bit ago, two-time track champion, back-to-back. Tony, you were right there at the very end. It was between you two and Logan Catellis. You guys were having an epic battle throughout the course of the entire season. comes down to the final night, and it's between you three for the track championship. It could have gone any way. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for you overall, but nonetheless, you got to be proud of your effort. Yeah, we... We were working every night in the garage to make sure my car was there for the next week. Yeah. Did, did you have yeah. a lot of problems? or? No, I just like to do a lot of maintenance to it. I go over it the whole car at least once a week. Okay. I mean, I have every nut bolt off of it, and I make sure it's all tight. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and, and it's something that could easily get overlooked, you know. Yeah. And, and you, you hear about drivers who talk about the amount of time that they spend in the garage uh, every single week trying to get their cars ready and prepared what do you think on average you guys are looking at for nut and bolt checking how many, how many hours a week do you guys think you're putting in the garage to get a car on the track well we go through we we not bolt the cars we do tires it's it's just we come we get off of work we come down here we spend like three four hours down here just making sure the cars are all prepared and ready for the next week it's we uh probably like if i had to say what probably takes us six hours to do everything on the cars but then if we have to like change something or anything else like that then it takes longer to do that so you're talking and that's if you don't wreck the car yeah, you know, yeah. if you don't if you don't have any body work to do yeah yeah that and, and that probably changes a lot with the hobby stocks do you guys feel like you're a little bit more um not as concerned with the look of the car do you think maybe no, no, we didn't really care. How we they never we really care what they look like. To make sure as long they're as fast. they're fast. Yeah, as long as they're fast. So we talked about the non-qualifier win for Frank, but you had a dash win yourself yes. during the Hobby Stock Invitational, the Josh Langer Hobby Stock Invitational. That was your first uh, visit to a victory lane in a Hobby Stock. So, yes. uh, what was that like to kind of finally get that monkey off your back? You've been winning. You've been so close to winning so many different times, and then finally it all kind of fell into place for you. That at least in that particular moment, uh, you know, you got to have a, a victory lane interview of some sort before heading into the feature event. So. Uh, what was that like for you to finally have that accomplishment? Uh, it was a big relief because we were changing stuff on the car setup-wise to try to find something that worked for me. And we finally found something that worked for me that night. And in the dash, me and Gary raced real close for a good while. And the last lap came around and he was right at my door and I said I knew I had to get him off of four. So, and, and play that back in your mind. Were you on the high side? Were you on the low side? I was side? on the high side. I He was right underneath me going into one and two he had me a little bit but i had enough momentum coming around the top to get right around him coming down the back stretch now when you're when you're headed into three and four for that final time turn three you're more or less turning right into the wall a little bit before setting yourself into three is that intimidating knowing that you have to turn the wheel right to go left to not really because i got used to it over the years of racing 
Okay. All right. So it, it, at that point, though, the situation doesn't become apparent to you or doesn't factor into um, how you're approaching the final two turns. Uh, the situation, you, you were pretty much ready that you didn't let that yeah. moment get to you. Yep. It was apparent because, you know, you were the one that was on the high end coming out of it. So, and by what I mean by that is you won the race. Yeah. So, uh, that's always good. So, uh, nonetheless, you, I believe you finished third in points to cap off the 2022 season. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, you were top, you both were top five in the Cheplik series, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, pretty solid season for the both of you. Um, and, and we'll get back to where we're looking for 2023 for the both of you, although I think it's pretty pretty clear where you're going to go. We'll talk to this young lady right next to me, Abby Gindelsberger. Abby, you were a competitor last season in the Young Guns division. I think this was your second season this past year, right? No, this was your first year. Look at me. I should know better. But I tell you what, the reason why it doesn't seem like it was your first year because you pull off three victories in your first season, and it was a very – it didn't look like at any point, maybe that first week, like you were just kind of getting used to things, but you picked up to it very quick and you were very dominant uh, at, at certain points through the season. How do you think your first year went for you? Um, it definitely started off a little rocky. I mean, I got lucky with having an amazing crew and people who dedicate a lot of time to helping me and getting that car ready. I mean, wrecked it first night, hot laps, hit the wall hard, wrecked that car, um, got back out there. And then I flipped, and that wasn't very fun. But then it started looking up from there, and being able to pull off three wins on my first season was really cool, and it was an incredible experience. Um, now, before that flip, did you have a win yet, or? I did not, no. Okay, so so the flip, you know, comes about five or six weeks in, and then those three wins come after that, so, which is which is impressive, because you think about it, that's a month and a half of the season or so that's, you know, pretty much gone. So you, you eclipse that three wins pretty quickly, and, and that's that's really impressive. So one of the things that Emmy Laboon spoke about in, in one of the interviews I had with her was you kind of just learn basically a lot of the young gun competitors, they stick to that low side. You're kind of just learning. You're gaining seat time. You're learning how to drive. But that eventual place of you know that you can get through the middle of the racetrack or through the high side of the racetrack and utilize all of the track rather than just the middle or low side. Did you get to a point in your season where you were finding that middle line, finding those faster lines and maybe not drifting up out of the turns, more driving into the turns? Yeah, I feel like I definitely at the beginning of the season, most of all of my series wrecks came from me going too high in the turn. I just drifted up and hit the wall. I think I had one or two where I was just too low and spun out. But definitely being able to find a comfortable line and being able to work with the other racers and you have to go around them if you have to overcome them. So you've got to figure out what's going to work best for you. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. 
Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. I'm looking at a bunch of youth right now, uh, which is absolutely makes me happy. I'm 30. I still like to think that I'm young, but I'm sitting by people who make me feel old. So, Frank, you're 19. Yep. So you just graduated high school last year. Yeah. And what high school did you go to? I taught him Jefferson. TJ. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and what did you, and you went to Vote Tech as well, right? Yeah, I went to Steel Center for HVAC, and then I ended up... Uh, once COVID hit, I uh, went to online school and got a job doing HVAC at Jeff Sork and ended up working there throughout the rest of my year doing online school. And Tony, you also do uh, Votech as well? Yes. You're still in high school. You're 16 years old? 17. 17, okay. And TJ? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so what, what do you go to Votech for? I go to Votech for welding. Welding, okay. And then I do my schoolwork online. I go to work and after like 11, I get to work. Okay, so so you, okay, so run run through a normal day for me then. So I go to Vote Tech from 7:50 to 9:45 ish, and then I get to work at 11. I do construction work. Do construction work. Okay. Yeah, for Kimberly Contract. Oh, okay, that's a pretty big outfit, right? Yeah, he's races up Jonestown. He's got three cars up there. Okay, all right. And then Abby, you are a junior. Yes. How old are you again? I'm 16, but I'll be 17 by the time the season starts. Okay. And uh, you go to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Forward, yeah. Elizabeth Forward. So teach to TJ, Elizabeth Forward. So we, uh, and what do you do besides, do you just go to, is your a normal school day or do you go to Votech or how does your day look? I don't. I, um, well, right now I go to school in the morning and then usually work or extracurriculars after school for the most part. What kind of extracurriculars are you into? Um, I'm involved very heavily in the musical. I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to be the student director this year, so I, it's coming up on big weeks this week. Our show's coming up. So. Oh, so not only are you preparing a race car, uh, you're preparing for a musical. So yes. <laughs> that's incredible. So uh, speaking of the race car, any, any need to really make big improvements, or is it pretty much ready to go for opening night? Uh, not too many. Not too many big things, little things, and then having some fun painting it. It's going to come up soon, so okay. can't wait for that. All right, so, I mean, it's it's a pretty much a standard practice for a, a McGill machine have to have a 5 on it of some sort, a 5 or an 05, to be black or orange in some sort of capacity. So you're saying you're going to paint this. Is this going to be black and orange anymore? Or? It'll be black and orange, but there will be some additions to it as well. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe add a little bit of my personal, personal interest to it. Okay. <laughs> They're not too happy about no, it. No, <laughs> I see that. They're a little worried. They're a little worried. So They say pink doesn't belong on a race car. Oh. Well, Tony White would disagree. His uh, fluorescent pink 27, I think, stands out like a, like a sore thumb. So. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Abby's going to add a personal touch. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. So that's exciting. We won't, uh, we'll get a good reveal on opening night then, you think? I hope so. All right. That sounds like a plan. 
So, uh, and, and that's the amazing thing, as I would kind of go back to the youth side of things, what your average age between the three of you is like 17. Like, that's absolutely incredible. And the two of you, uh, you know, competing for championships at a young age in a uh, division other than Young Guns, though, I speak of the Young Guns, and you two are byproducts of the Young Gun division. You yeah. two had quite a successful Young Gun in Denver. So, uh, what was that like for you? So, you go from a Young Gun to a hobby stock to a pro stock to a late model. I mean, you guys are really climbing the ranks very fast and, and do you think the Young Guns division prepared you for that uh, appropriately or how do you guys feel about it? Yeah, it, it gets you it gets you to learn to track and learn learn how to race and like how to be aware of like what what all what racing requires you to do and all kinds of stuff but then once you really get up into them hobby stocks and into the rear wheel drive car then that it feels more like all the other cars because you got the rear wheel drive effect over the front wheel drive effect it just you really have to learn. It's it's a learning curve going from front wheel drive to rear wheel drive because you got to worry about the counter steer and all that stuff. So it's once you get in, once you get the hobby stocks and get some rear wheel drive seat time under you, then you it's pretty easy after that once you learn that curve. Tony, what about you? How did you think about that transition? It wasn't bad. It was just a little difficult to go from front wheel drive to rear wheel drive cars, but once you get it down, it's fairly easy. Yeah, Abby, you haven't experienced that yet. Maybe no. at some point, but we'll we'll see. So hopefully, hopefully, okay, all right. I like the sounds of that. So as we sit in this garage that I just made mention of a little bit ago, uh, the Frank uh, or the McGill Motorsports Compound. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a heck of a name. Uh, there's quite a bit of legacy in this garage. Why don't you guys go ahead and explain that, Tony? Let's let's go ahead and hear from you a little bit more. Talk to me a little bit more about this garage and, and the history behind this garage. Well, we got this garage from Adam Kostelnik. He's a big asphalt name. He helps us out a whole lot on the cars. He knows pretty much everything there is to know about an asphalt car and knows a good bit about their cars. I think. There's 20 championships out of this garage and the one next door to us. And there's a couple undefeated seasons out of this garage. There's an undefeated car I'm looking at right yes, next to you guys. there is an undefeated car. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool to have that uh, ability to jump into a garage that has a good legacy behind it. It, it kind of kind of adds to your program like it, it's something that was kind of built for you guys and you guys have the opportunity to now utilize um so you guys just moved into it last year you guys have just really been getting your uh foot into the ground here and getting things you know kind of the way you guys want it uh how has that transition been for the off season not only getting your cars ready but kind of preparing your garage and making plans for the future well, now, now that we have this garage and we have the lifts and stuff, it makes it working on the cars a lot easier because you just put them up on the lift and you can work on them instead of jacking them up and stuff. So that, that helped us a lot with going faster and then uh, just more space so we could fit all of our sh stuff everywhere. It just ma makes it better for us. Yeah. And, and Abby, you're not keeping your car here quite yet. You're keeping no. your car back home. Eventually, it'll make its way over. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be allowed to be in this garage with the pink all over? Are you guys going to be so gracious? I or? think we'll have to leave that up to my dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. 
By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rapping on Racing airs live at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412 412- 999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. So going back to high school, you, you were talking about uh, what your extracurriculars are and a lot of it is musical. Do you have anything else that you do in high school? Um, I'm in a lot of clubs, all okay. sorts of clubs, and then, yeah, just, yeah, I'm, I'm there a lot, actually. I'm always staying after school for different sorts of clubs, but... What kind of clubs are you in? Um, I'm in a lot of, like, I'm in SGA, it's called Student Government. Uh, I'm in a, involved in a lot of organizations that do, like, a lot of volunteer work and help the community out, so... Okay, uh, like uh, Habitat for Humanity, or...? There's, um... Like, I'm in Triumph, it's a music honor society. Right now, like, we're bringing music to Alzheimer's patients for oh. that. Um, Interact, there's that. Uh, we do, like, a lot of community work and, like, cleaning up the community and stuff like that. SGA, that's more, like, school localized, and we just help students as much as we can, stuff like that. Now, you have a dance studio as a sponsor in your car. Are you also part of a dance studio, or is that just a sponsor? I'm not. No, that's um, that's my sister and my mom's dance studio. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I go uh, when they need me. I help sometimes, but it's not really my thing. I danced for a long time, but just never fell in love with it quite as much as they did. What kind of dance did you do? All of it. Tap, ballet, jazz, musical theater. So you changed your ballet, changed your ballet shoes out for a helmet. I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was a. Do you think I was a good choice? Definitely. I think I was a good choice too. Not nothing against ballet, but uh, not but, my thing. <laughs> well, I can I can appreciate that and understand that. So, you're in your junior year right now, yes. right? So you still have some time to decide. But what are you thinking about after high school? Do you have any plans yet? Um, I would love to do something with criminal justice. Okay. So yeah, you're gonna take college. that. You're gonna take that college route. I am. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any schools you're eyeing up? 
Point Park, hopefully. Okay. They have a wonderful criminal justice program, so hoping yeah. to go there. Close to home? Stay close to the city, yeah. There you go. So that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. Uh, do you think you'll still make it to Pittsburgh? or? I hope so. I mean, that's part of the reason for staying so close to the city. I mean, Point Park's even closer to the track than we are right now. So. Yeah, you're right about that. I drive past it pretty much every time on my way to the track, so it is still pretty close. So that's that's really great. And the cool thing, I think Point Park has a pretty, pretty astounding uh, uh, musical department, theater department. Yep, another so, reason for choosing it, just there. to do that. So on the side, it's something else I love as well. There you go. So if you had to pick one, just out of curiosity, between musical and racing, what, what would you go with? Um, that's definitely hard, but I think i got to go with racing on that. Really? <laughs> Hopefully nobody from musical sees this. Oh, I think they're going to. <laughs> you just got thrown under the I bus real fast. sure they're going to. Oh, no. I... Both is such an incredible opportunity, and I have been able to make so many friends and so many close relationships through both. So, but, I mean, just, especially how they work with each other. Musical season starts right as race season ends. Musical ends literally the week before race oh, season wow. starts. So, it worked out perfect for me, definitely. One of the names that got brought up prior to this interview that we're going to bring up now is Steve Pirates, who is a former, I believe, a, I think he's a hobby stock champion. He is champion. a hobby stock champion. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, so that, there's there a is a bit picture of... hanging up, up on the wall. Okay, all right. Over there. So, uh, so a little bit of an interesting transaction between the McGills and the Pirates family. What what happened there this offseason? So he, he wanted to get back into the hobby stocks, and then we needed more late model parts and stuff. He had a late model, we had a hobby stock, so we decided to trade. And uh, the only thing we we kept, I kept my seat. He kept his seat. So everything else is all his late model stuff's ours, and all my hobby stock stuff's now his. So. So that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. So you got a backup late model now, uh, which is good. It's yeah. always good to have a backup. I think his was a rocket, right? Yeah, it was, it's an older rocket, but it's still it's still a it's got a good motor, a good transmission. It st still works. Still probably be competitive. Sure, sure, absolutely. He had it at the racetrack quite a few times last year. Did yeah. he Did he tell you why he wanted to get back into the hobby stocks? Was there a particular reason? He said he feels more comfortable in the hobby stocks than he did in the late models. He just felt like there was. It, there's more for him to lose in the late model than there is in the hobby stock. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah, and that's and that certainly is a, a, a call for not. I don't want to say a call for concern, but it is something you have to make note of as a racer. Is you know the hobby stock division, you're looking at a cheaper price point. You, you know you can get into the hobby stocks at a cheaper price point than obviously you can in the in the rush late models. So uh, you, you have to prepare for that on on not just the equipment end and, and but also on the repair end as well to maintain and to properly run these things, it's gonna cost a little bit more money. So I can understand why, I can understand why somebody in your position at the age of 18, you're looking to build up. Where Steve Pirates has been around for a while, he might be looking to yeah. go back to what he knows and, and be competitive. And as a former hobby stock champion, you gotta think coming out of the gate, he's gonna come out swinging and he, He's got a good piece of equipment. Yeah. That 05's won a couple of races at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So. Yeah, yes, he's a good car. I, I miss that car, but I feel like he could do good in that car. I hope he does. I hope he pulls something out. Yeah, so and, and, it, and what, what interested me too whenever you guys decided to go the route of selling both of your hobby stocks, and now that they're officially gone, there is no more crutch to lay back on. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just for you two, you know you can get into a hobby stock, be competitive, and, and be at the front. And now that's, that's kind of gone. You've ripped the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And now it's, okay, time to, time to sink and swim with these yeah. new racing endeavors. So I feel that's really exciting for the both of you. Yeah, yeah it is. 
All right. Well, I've taken up plenty of your time. We were definitely appreciated here. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us to come to the to the most. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. The offseason is here, but racing will return before you know it. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway has been hard at work, setting the foundation for the 2023 racing season. Our schedule is now available, and it is full of many reasons to visit Dirt's Monster Half Mile this season. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 29th with our season opener and continues each Saturday night through the month of September. Major events include the highly anticipated Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Juke George Steel City Classic, the Two-Night Bill Hendrick Memorial, the Ed Laboon Memorial, the Josh Lang Hobby Stock Invitational, the Sport Compact Shootout, and more. Our action event divisions return to stack each Saturday night with heart-pumping adrenaline, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, Open 4 Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Plus, appearances from 410 Wing Sprint Cars, Boss Wingless Sprint Cars, Rush Sportsman Modifieds, Rush Sprint Cars, and Thunder on the Dirt's Vintage Modifieds. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and purchase tickets now at ppms.com. The staff at Rappin' on Racing would like to thank our marketing partners, Curtis Power Solutions, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Alternative Power Sources, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these companies, Rappin' on Racing would not be possible. state's number one motorsports talk show today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners recognized by the eastern motorsports press association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern united states have a great week and be sure to tune in for another installment of rapping on racing stand on it come on y'all stand